Welcome to the Della Sposa podcast, where we present to you a series of discussions on art just for you. Della Sposa is where art and culture are born of the aesthetic enjoyment and intellectual nourishment we derive from the visual world. I am Jessica Fillimore, co-founder and director of Della Sposa Gallery London. Joining us for this episode, our guests include artist Misha Milovanovic and Timothy John Sanderson artist, poet, creator and maker. Misha and Tim have known each other for many years, having studied painting together in the 1990s at Central St. Martins in London. Now they discuss Misha's origins as an artist, the inspiration behind her practice, cinematic narratives and the development of her sculptures in the exhibition The Shape of Colour, which is currently on view at Della Sposa Gallery in London. Before we begin this episode, a gentle reminder to subscribe to the Della Sposa newsletter at dellasposa.com. And without further ado, here's today's show. We're here today to talk about you and your work, which um, is something that I'm interested in. Uh, And I, I always like to know the origin stories of people who have interesting lives or do interesting things. And... In particular, what it is, what are your earliest memories or what was it that drew you into art in the first place? Or what, what kind of captured you as a child or, or what kinds of things led to this path now that you look back on your life? Can you talk a little bit about that? Thank you for that question. I remember when I was probably about four years old, my mum told me, well, I was in hospital with a kidney failure and they thought I was going to die. So they got me all these really nice illustration books, like with really beautiful drawings, probably really expensive for, you know, where my parents came from. And I remember these drawings very distinctly and these books. And when I came back from hospital, I hang on to these books. They were like my best friends. They were always with me. And I always used to look at these um, drawings in these books. Um, and there was a dog called Fido that um, was a sausage dog. And that's one of the first memories of like drawings and illustration. And for some reason, I've been drawn to things that are drawn, stories that, that are part of the drawings. So like storytelling through the drawings. It's very visceral, and in my youth, I grew up in a communist youth Soviet that had a lot of education around culture and history and art history, and I think I just drawn in, got drawn into it because there was just such a visceral quality to what these people were creating in the past. I, I fell in love with Leonardo saved money for almost about two years doing paper rounds and like all sorts of little little kind of kid jobs to buy these four books on Leonardo's drawings. And then later on, I was going to be a filmmaker. And um, as part of filmmaking, you do storyboarding and you draw your frames, how you want them to be, sort of how, how you want to envisage your characters so that you can show your 
uh, cinematographer. And I really, really like the, the film art. It somehow converts all the arts that you can, uh, you can think of. Music, like all these elements, photography, composition. Um, and then is, my... that, is that what drew you to cinema then, was that it, it was all these different art forms? Yes, yes. And the fact that you... Also, yeah, and the fact that you, you got to work with different people and you, you created these kind of hubs of family units where you all got together and, and created things together in collaboration. That's always been super exciting for me. But I ended up making work or becoming a painter because um, at some point in my education, I was studying film and then that stopped because of the war back home. So I could only sort of wait around to see what happened. So I did these paper paintings really that somehow got me to then apply to college where I met you. So that's essentially, that's my journey into becoming an artist. I, I never thought I was going to be a visual artist. I thought I was going to be a filmmaker, really. When you started the painting, which wasn't, sounds like it wasn't a choice that you'd made, it was because of circumstances. Was there an experience you had when doing the painting that then kind of brought you into painting and and? and yeah. that up for you, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think I could escape into it. I mean, I always drew, even as a kid, as a sort of teenager, I always drew extensively and had books of drawings and I would draw the characters, you know, with costumes and stories that I wanted to portray later on. But um, what I think is interesting painting aspect gave me ability to go deeply into myself and kind of have inner journey and escape into the world that I could create. Because my reality at one point when, when I actually started practicing was it like I got really cut off from my culture. So I think it was really like how I connected to myself. I, I had to find that strength and, and also maybe sense of um, release as well in a way. I, I cannot tell you, I think my very early kind of like excursion into visual art was perhaps maybe even more psychologically based that I wasn't aware of. It was more of a extension of my um, need to kind of have a journal of sorts. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, so it was a, a sort of... Um a tool for your own survival in a way or your own kind of growth or discovery of who you were maybe yeah. um, a kind of a safe space as well a place where the world is kind of how you want it to be and where you get you know everything makes sense because and they and it understands you completely you know that sort of thing interesting yeah and um, I really like like I drew a lot of things and painted lots of things that were complete amalgamation of like cultural images. Like I would take pictures of horses and kind of make them into humans. I mean, it's really, it was really interesting, like horses with lipsticks, really, really weird kind of, <laughs> um, I, I cannot relate this to any artist that I know. They were, I think they were, they were just my own versions of world, what I, what I saw the world was and is to me and kind of very 
inside landscapes and maybe even you know, portraits of people that I just, um, yeah, there was a lot of flatness in the work. There, there was some, you know, there was some rendering later on where I was kind of doing a little bit more three-dimensional elements to it, adding, you know, a lot of, um, you know, technically correct aspects, but that didn't concern me at all. It was very primitive and I really enjoyed that. The, the, I remember these two friends of mine from Serbia came to see me and and it was unexpected. They they were applying to Royal College of Art, um, which they both got accepted to. And they came over for dinner. You know, I bumped, uh, bumped into them on the street and they came over and they, they looked at these pieces that were everywhere in my house, like on the floor, on beds. And and they they were really impressed. And, and that sort of just gave me an idea to continue. And, and over the period of the summer, I, um, before I got onto St. Martin's, I um, was invited to share a studio with a friend of mine who was it's like a part of uh, Chelsea College of Art. And she, because she was studying there, she, you know, she produced the studio. And so I just she used the studio with her over the summer. There was nobody around. And I created this really wacky kind of, insane paintings where I was adding collages on like found objects uh, that I would find on markets and thrift shops and you know I would sort of add them on as a collages to these humans and it was it was all very there was a lot of naivety but looking back at them they were really totally organic and very kind of fun um, and then just before we needed to clear everything for the term to begin. She told me that one of the tutors came around and saw my work and asked if I could come uh, to see him. And so I said, am I in like, some sort of trouble? She said, no, 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 he wants to offer you a place. Um, they did this course called pre-degree uh, where they prepared people for a whole year to do the, you know, to like kind of... foundation them. equivalent of a foundation course. Well, yeah. it was like a post-foundation thing. So I went in there and he basically said to me, you know, do you want a place? And I was like, not really. I, I don't think this is for me. And he said, he basically just pulled some books out. Like, remember, like, Paul Arrigo, he had... Um, Ken Keefe, I think, as well. Just a bunch of English kind of painters. And he said, these people have... Um, these people, it, it took them 25 years to uh, to have what you have right now. And so just want you to understand that um, you have a little bit of a kind of duty to explore it, if anything. And that's it. And then I got onto the course, and then I got onto St. Martin's, and that's where I met you and, and the rest of lovely people. Um, and it, it was really interesting, Tim, because for me, St. Martin's period was like the best time in all my life because I had a lot of freedom to explore who I am. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of things going on back home in my country that were really quite traumatic. And this was really for the first time where I could find a place where I, I felt I belonged with everybody else that was there, because, you know, most of the people there were real outsiders. And I finally felt I found my crew, and uh, and I... I was able to really kind of stretch my thinking and engage in sort of partly conceptualization of the work and really learning lots of different theories and the ways of looking at the world. So it was really just, yeah, it was very fertile for me to be there.
Do you think that that's when you realized you were an artist and when, when really realized because you found those other people yeah, and you, definitely. you could see that, oh, these people are a certain kind of people, even though they're all very different as individuals, but they have a certain quality and there's a certain way they are in the world that, that you could relate to. Cause that certainly was my experience. And yeah, I was going to ask, I'm home. These are my people. They understand me. They get it, you know. Yeah, exactly. I felt like that immediately, immediately when I walked into a room and I saw Bed and Joe and you and a couple of other people, Charlie was there. I just, I, I knew I've arrived and I didn't have to be for all the period before that. I just felt like I was fish out of the water and suddenly I was in the water with the same kind of fishes. So, um, so yeah, that's. And, that's you, and, and as you're talking about your work, your early on, your work, it strikes me that you perhaps these were your films these were the films that you made you just made them in the form of paintings or or because it as you were describing that they sounded very filmic like you were actually creating films but through painting and drawing because that was what you had to hand or you know and and it does also make me wonder now if you, if you are interested does the film thing is that still something that you're interested in? Because I know you did when when I've seen some of the work you did, which was very much photographic or mm. based in film in that way. You know, is is film and moving image something that still fascinates you, or do you imagine you might kind of get into that at some point? Because I know you've branched out, and we can maybe talk a bit about that. You've gone into sculpture and ceramics and things like that. But is, does the film making still hold any attraction to you? I think I, I, I think it's because I work with layers of not just my consciousness, but what's around me and how I draw inspiration and how I use my intuition and how things come to me and how I kind of filter them. I also see that in a way a little bit like a cinematography because music is so important for me when I work. I always have music, like from the moment that I wake up to when I go to bed, the music is present. It, it's a very, it's almost like how I not just recharge myself. It's like how I balance myself. It's a, so therefore there's that element of cinema and then storytelling. When I, when I always create things, I always would maybe kind of like give them names or they have, they have functions. They might become totems. They might, they like, everything is an actor. Or, but I don't mean that that I'm start, that I'm positioning kind of fakeness. I'm 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 playing almost to the point where each part, each particle, even the neighbors are kind of in the story of creating because they are part of my life. So therefore, that kind of cinematic narrative where you layer the story upon um, your where you crop the image to the music they use to enchant the mood or to tell something without words. I think in that sense, uh, that narrative making or, or searching for the narrative, the meaning will always align somehow philosophically to the, like the way the cinematography works. So, you know, the element of storytelling. That's for me, even though I deal in kind of flat image or lately with a three-dimensional image, it will still be part of something that is bigger than me, that is bigger than the series of work. I, oh. I haven't managed to really pin that down yet, but because I started from the cinematography, that's 
like watching maybe three to four films a day as a teenager with the rest of people in Belgrade in the, this place where they played vintage films. And we talked and talked about it, like how we want our characters to be and what we want to tell with the story. And I, I still think on some level that's kind of true what I do, you know. So that, so the narrative is like the common thread through all your work that sort of ties things together and is a vehicle for these characters to play their parts and tell yeah. the story or bits of the story or or kind yeah. of side stories. Yeah. yeah. Like, like for example, when I was doing some ceramic uh, a few years ago, I made a whole wall of pieces that were based on people that either have influenced me or I met or have passed away in my child, like for my youth, various things like wars, diseases, you name it. And so that kind of element of eulogy, an element of just that everything is a layer that kind of helps next layer. I don't know how to explain this. I never, I'm never able to explain it because it's almost like there's this deep intuition that everything is connected. And I draw it from, like music really helps. That just kind of lifts everything up. And then these almost visions come and I just make them. And, you know, I know that it's very important to be crit critically acclaimed by the work, but I'm not a person who can do that very well, you know? I know I should, but I also just like to kind of not think too much about it. I, I'm a little bit more in a sort of primitive mind still as an artist. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, to, if I understand you right, you mean it's more important, the process of making the work is more important than how it's received or yeah. or how it's read or something. But that brings me on to a question of what what is your relationship then with the world and the audience and what do you see is your role as a creator of these images or these narratives what's the purpose for you of what you're doing in relation to the wider world either the human world or even beyond that i mean i don't have the words to say this so that it doesn't sound wrong but i think well, try. I'm, try. I'm like a dream catcher and I catch these things and then I make them into these beautiful, hopefully beautiful things that will, and this is going to sound so wrong, that will actually help people have better lives or heal themselves or, or like there's this element of, my work comes from a lot of personal trouble. Like I, I actually know that, that I have found a way to express myself in objects rather than words like I cannot write very well that's always been what I think of myself maybe I can write much better in, in my own language than in English it's almost like I lack the expression to say it because this comes from my personal life story because there, there was a lot of kind of emotional torment when I was growing up so I have found the language which is purely visual and it's non-verbal. So I know what I'm trying to do, but I never want to say it. Like if I say... If you could say it, you wouldn't need to do the paintings, right? In a way, my role is a little bit like a shamanic kind of thinker, like who just takes the things 
that float and kind of are universally present. And then I just turn them into these things that exist and now called art. I would want to make something that is sort of beautiful and useful and it has a purpose to, in this case, perhaps makes makes a world a better place, shares a joy, gives a bit of kind of mental like stability and healing. I don't know if that makes sense to you. So artist as healer, why of course it makes sense. You know, for uh-huh. me the origin the origin of, of of the artist, the origin of the inventor, of the doctor, the shaman, the priest, they all come from a similar source. They were probably all in one person at one time in our history. So artist as healer, of course, that makes perfect sense to me. I'm just afraid that it's going to sound pretentious, you know. Well, that's not your problem. You just got to be you, right? Whatever you are is right. So, you know, the world can deal with that. I, I don't feel like you should ever be worried or apologetic about... If that's sincerely your experience, that's your experience. And that's that's interesting for anyone who's seen your work because that's a whole other dimension to what's going on there. That's, uh, that's why I, I make work. That's how the work is for me. It basically... On some level, I have. I just have to make work. I mean, you know that you have to make work. There is no choice. Like, have you ever been able not to make work? Well, no, not not unless you know it was one of those periods where you just need to do nothing for whatever reason. But yeah, the the the, the creation, the urge to create seems to just be a, a baseline reality. So whether it comes out in a form of a poem or a painting or whatever, it's there. I feel it's almost like, I feel like it's, it's, it's actually about being human. I think it exists in everybody in actual fact and it's only cultural conditioning that leads people to believe that they're not creative or I think if you're alive, you're a creative being and you have that potential. So, but there are different flavors to it and you know, and you're, as you describe your particular version of it, it does sound like, you know, artist as healer is is a part of what you're doing. And, you know, your first, it sounds like your first, the first person you healed was yourself, or you're healing yourself. And then through that work, Mm -hmm. you create things that then might have use for other people, you know, because you're, you're traveling, and in the shamanic sense, you're traveling into these realms to bring back the gifts for the rest of the community. That's the job of, of that particular person in the community. So, you know, and in a way, storytelling is part of that. Story is is a, a form of knowledge transmission. It's a form of healing. It's a form of bringing people together. You know, it does all of these things at the same time in that layered way that you talked about. And so, you know, your job is the storyteller as well, is, is the person that communicates these kind of greater truths or these universal, eternal truths to, that, that sustain the culture, you know. That, that's what I hear when, when you're talking. Yeah, and so the sculptures were born from seeing these shapes that arrived in my paintings and feeling that they need to kind of almost come from the two-dimensional world into three-dimensional world by 
add, adding elements to kind of give them life out of the two-dimensionality. And that's really how I started to cut the shapes. And then those shapes ended up uh, being, um, as an experiment, uh, basically they're, they're um, on some level, but not exclusively, they're elements of nature. So there'll be a cloud, a petal, a tail, um, a snout, and they, they all kind of intertwine in these magical dance between femininity and masculinity and they um they really they that's what they are they're the kind of two-dimensional paintings turned into sculptures and and that's how i started to develop them um and they're all uh named after either inuit gods or um plants or animals and then up also amalgamated within their titles are their kind of unifications of just essentially these very ancient um, needs to celebrate life and animal animal kind of parts of us really um, and that's uh, that's you know one of the, the kind of big aspects of the work and I, I, I like when it, where everything is going just because it gives me an opportunity to sort of push the medium and just to see where I, where I get to with it. And and how does the ceramics relate to that? I know this latest this the latest work is is the the metal yeah. pieces you're talking about now, but does it were the were the ceramics did they come at the same time as this or were they did they precede that? Because when did you break out of the the two dimensional world into you know, this, the sculptural forms. With ceramics in 2017, 18, I went back, because when I was a kid back home, I did some work, just made, you know, ceramic kind of, um, went to school to, like, learn how the whole thing works. Uh, ceramics, what I wanted to do is essentially make, um, paint on the, three-dimensional mm -hmm. objects but what was really what's really nice about ceramics is that you're dealing with earth and you have this kind of fingerprints everything is about like and fire really and fire as well of course yeah you it's pri it's so primal where you know as you're talking i'm mm -hmm. seeing that this birth out of two dimensions into three dimensions needed to happen in this primal way, almost like a mythology where you take the clay and you make the person and you breathe life into it with the fire. And suddenly your, your two dimensional world has become this other world, this three dimensional world. And that, you know, that there's, there's something very primal in that from, from what you're saying. Yeah, and I yeah, I, and I I was just curious to you know engage with with the medium because I always wanted to make ceramics always like for forever, and then I did this kind of insane paintings on them on the ceramics, which are pl like plates, but they're really more paintings. And um, you know, I've got a bunch here that I did. Uh, I would do ceramic these days. I have a kiln here as well. I would do ceramic these days almost as a kind of form of sketching just to you know feel the uh, feel the earth and and uh, 
it's really nice. It's a real metaphor for life, ceramic in ceramics, in a way that you never know how it's going to turn out. You have to be incredibly patient while you build it. If you work on it too quickly, it will crack. If you work too slowly, you miss the boat, it's dry. It's really interesting. And Grayson Perry said famously that when each time he opens the kiln, it is, um, I might not quote him exactly correctly, but he said it's an exercise in, um, um, in control disappointment because you never know if it's cracked, if it's blown, if it's, you know, if the color is crap and stuff like that. So it's, it's been a, it's been a really great process because you cannot control it. But at the same time, I don't know, Tim, you know, I, I don't know why I have this need to just try different things and to play with different things. You know, I was also making clothes and I still do. And I, I also make that with my mom and I find that, equally as important as the paintings that I do. I see no differentiation mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. these different elements. I mean, so, scars, you know... So I, the I whole like, world is a medium, really, for you as a, as a vehicle for your expression? Or yeah, I don't see the... Dev- I, I mean, I know the market gives it a difference. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the fine art pieces are more precious than whatever, something else. But I see no difference in any of that. To me, it's, it's all kind of you know, giving and giving, giving and taking to each other continuously, like they're inspiring each other. They, um, the shapes of some of the vases, the pots that I do, that might end up in sculptures, and they definitely end up in um, in the drawings, and they definitely end up in paintings. So they all, I don't know, they all like feeding each other continuously. So, so this latest body of work that's in your exhibition, um, where where have you got to on this journey with that? And, and do you want to talk a little bit in particular about those pieces? So this is body of, um, I think we've got eight to ten pieces at a gallery. They are a combination of pieces i done or sculptures I've done in wood uh, as the first the way they work that I might cut them in cardboard. Um, I will cut them with a jigsaw quite sort of roughly. Then I go to the carpenter who cuts them really beautifully. And then they, um, they get translated into metal at some point later on. And then it becomes a little bit more refined in terms of uh, production because it goes to fabricator and, and it's beautifully polished and welded and, it, it, it has this, it becomes more industrially uh, and um, technically constructed. Like I have to sit down with a person who works out the structural engineering so they don't fall to pieces and kill somebody, you know, all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Um, and it's given me a huge scope to learn because I don't think I'm an actual sculptor, but I became somebody who wants to work in sculpture and so therefore I just decided to make these things and I've been making them for the last couple of years as well as paintings so it's not like just exclusively I do one thing um so yeah I'm extremely happy with the exhibition it's at the gallery called Della Sposa in London the people that run it are really wonderful young gallerists and they have a lot of passion for um uh, up-and-coming artists and artists who, like myself, um, 
you know, don't particularly fit into any realm of maybe schools, but are experimenting and creating their own, you know, um, doing their own thing, really. Um, and we'll, we'll have the show until mid-June. Can people actually go in and see it, then? Is it open? Yeah. Can. They can go and see it. Uh, it's all done by booking, so everybody, everybody has to be there at the yeah. time. And I think you can only have two people in a gallery at a time. So, you know, you can't have that lovely social interaction. Um, but, you know, I think it's really important to just keep keep going and, and uh, create work and see what happens really. Yeah, sounds good. And as, is there any, on, on the now that you've got this work, as a body out there in a gallery, are there um, any new kind of avenues that you're starting to explore, or what? Where are your Where are you at right now with with what you're doing? And, and well, what I've do you think to create, Yeah, I've started to create a new body of work in like start. I've, I'm drawing the new um, new new sculptures. So like I'm working on new pieces. It would be more aligned to the way the Caldera painting on metal. Where are you heading with it? Have you, are there any new kind of areas that are appearing on the horizon that, you're, that are drawing your attention? Or are you very much still in this realm of the metalwork? Yeah, um, I'm going to try to see if I can combine ceramic and metal. That's been on the cards for a while. It might be a little bit technically difficult to combine them. I would like to do some outside sculptures as well. So that's that's sort of on cards and there might be a commission for that. So if it comes through, that will be amazing. There will be a couple of months of work. Great. Well, thank you very much for taking us on a little journey through your process and your work. Thank you. And good luck with the exhibition. Let's get down and see it. <laughs>